Welcome to another episode of Girl Power Pod. In this episode, I met up with Christina Belize from Thank You Payroll. Thank You Payroll is a social enterprise that has set up a trust which works with selected local communities to create a meaningful impact. We talked about how all businesses, small or large, have an opportunity to take a stand to create a better future for us all. Tag along! Glad to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you so much for taking the time to do this. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Could you just start with introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, my name is Christina Bellis. I'm a Canadian um, who came over to New Zealand about 12 and a half years ago. Um, I grew up, my parents, in Toronto. Um, I'm first generation Canadian. They're British. And um, yeah, I came to New Zealand on uh, basically an OE, I guess. I came to visit my brother who lived in Australia, but I didn't really want to spend that much time in Australia. So I got a working holiday visa for New Zealand and I came over here to do some woofing. And after about uh, six months, I got a job and the rest is history. I just um, loved the place. I loved the people. I love the culture and I'm still here. Mm, that's great. So what is it that you do now? Currently, I'm the CEO of Thank You Payroll. It's a social enterprise that designs beautiful payroll software for small to medium businesses, and it has a triple bottom line approach to business. So every time we run payroll, we also make sure that a portion of our profits go to the community. We're environmentally responsible as well as have a responsibility for to our shareholders for a return on their investment. Mm. So what, um, could you give it a few examples of what kind of projects you've been supporting um, through Thank You Payroll? Yeah, the main arm of our philanthropy is uh, the Thank You Charitable Trust. And that's basically a separate entity to Thank You Payroll, mostly because in New Zealand um, there's a, uh, a to system, you are either for-profit or not-for-profit, so it's hard to do a blend of the two, which you do have in other countries like Canada, the United States, a lot of European countries. Um, so we started Thank You Charitable Trust as a separate entity, which is where we give most of our donations. And it's a really interesting model on how that runs, um, whereby we do it by postcodes. And we look at different postcodes that are in a um, you know lower socioeconomic level, and we keep the grant in the postcode for about three years minimum. And the first time the grant is given in the postcode, the trustees come together and they read the applications and they they donate the money out, and that can be to we've got. Um, play centers or um, uh, youth work or community, um, gardening events, um, community building is a lot. Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole remit. But the interesting thing is that the second time the grant is in that postcode, we call upon 
the people who were the recipients the last time, and they're the ones who decide where the money goes to. And the trustees just facilitate um, because the people who are in that community are the ones who are best placed to know what their, their community really needs. So they decide where it goes. And in that way, it also fosters, it fosters community resilience. It fosters partnerships because they realize other projects that are happening in their neighborhoods that they can then strengthen by by coming together. Mm. So it's a really nice model. Yeah, that sounds really beneficial for the for the smaller communities as well. Yeah, definitely. And as much as Thank You Payroll grows, we then grow our grants. So that means that the grants get to grow and um, give more money out yeah. into those communities. Yeah, that's great. So what's the best part of your job? Oh, the best part of my job. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough one. It's a tough one lately. <laughs> Um, the thing that I'm most excited about my job is being an exemplar for a business that does things a little bit differently and that I think more businesses should be doing. So the fact that we're a social enterprise, that we are profit driven, but we're profit driven so that we can share that profit across the community and our shareholders is really important to me. So I'm a really, um, you know, I'm a, a, a champion for, for business like we do it for so that other businesses can do the exact same thing. Mm. Do you feel like there's a growing demand of that kind of businesses in today's society? I think it's building. Yeah, I definitely think that there is a, you know, resurgence or an insurgence of um and 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 social enterprises becoming that buzzword. So I do think that there is more um leniency towards that. We also see a lot of our younger generation who are coming into the workforce who really want to work for more purposeful businesses or they want their their work to be valued in a different way rather than just earning a lot of money. And I think that that will help to shape the different um, kind of businesses that are coming through. Mm, yeah, totally. So you also have a big um, interest and engagement for the environment. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that and what kind of projects you've been working on? And you've been engaged in 350? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that I've been, you know, an environmentalist yeah. um, <laughs> probably since the get-go. Uh, it was probably sparked from a love of animals and nature. Just I was very lucky to always have, you know, a dog in the house and um, who's part of our family, not just, you know, an animal. Um And I grew up with a cottage just north of Toronto in Halliburton. So I spent a lot of summers, you know, by the lake and in trees and camping. And that really gave me a love for the natural environment. And then when I was at school in primary school, about 11 years old, we had, this was, this, this will date me as, as it was in the eighties. And, um, <laughs> The big, you know, the big crisis that was facing us at that time was acid rain. And so I started a club called Star, Stop the Acid Rain. And we made <laughs> badges and we all got together. And um, it was just really about uh, bringing it a little bit more into the spotlight that, that there are things going on and that we as people are part of those things that are happening and we're also part of the solution. So I've been kind of that way leaning for a long time. Um, and over the years have been involved in a number of projects that are just sort of environmentally focused as well as my work um, in different capacities. But 350.org, um, that started in America by a gentleman named Bill McKibben. McKibben, I should probably say his name right. <laughs> 
That was started in America by Bill McKibben. And it was really uh, bringing to light the the, the parts per million of carbon dioxide that the earth can sustain before our temperature starts rising. And when the temperature rises, there's all sorts of things that happen, which we're already seeing happen, obviously. Um, bigger storms, sea level rise, etc. So 350.org started getting involved with countries all over the world, and New Zealand was one of them. That was probably in 2008 that it really came here. And um, I got involved just because I'd heard about it. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. And then climate change is definitely something that like, everybody can see coming. And so they were just looking for volunteers to try and get it off the ground in New Zealand. Um, there was a number of roles out there. We had events managers and uh, finance managers, or fundraisers, I should say, rather than finance managers. Uh, and then they had comms um, for communication to bring, bring things to light. So that's the team that I joined and probably gave myself about uh, another full-time job for a good year and a half, just trying to um, bring things together in that realm. Yeah. So what do you think that organizations and maybe businesses can do to stop or like make a bigger impact on the climate change that we're going through now? Mm. There are so many different avenues that businesses can adopt into their, you know, the, the way that they daily work. It's it's going to be hard um, because there are some businesses that are so wrapped up in, in the way that they do things that they really need to unravel them and do them differently. And it's going to take, um, uh, they're going to have to put money into, into changing the way they do stuff. But there's a few things that, um, I mean, if you start chipping away at it little bit by little bit and making little goals, then they'll get there. So it could be things like changing their fleet from um, diesel to electric vehicles you know, one by one, every time you need to like replace one and working those kinds of things into your budgets. Things like looking at your um, energy levels or your, your power, let's say, and changing to more renewable um, or more energy efficient, I should say. New Zealand is quite good with its renewables, but there's a lot of stuff that we could do. So heat pumps and things like that. Uh, looking definitely at their supply chain, that's a huge one, and supporting people or supporting other businesses that have these mechanisms in place or that have goals to be carbon neutral or are carbon neutral, because the more that we support them, then the more others will come on board to, to get up to that level and we'll support those ones. Totally. Um, what do you think um, an individual, like a person, can do today to affect the climate the most <laughs> <laughs> or where can you start if you want to do some change because it's quite a you know it's a topic that everyone is talking about you have the school strike climate you have all those initiatives around climate um, change and how it affecting us yeah so I think there's <laughs> it's a bit tricky because from my perspective I think that it's going to take much bigger than our individual actions at this stage. I think our individual actions were, you know, 30 years ago that we really needed to make some big changes. So I think we need to see the big changes coming from big business, from government-led um, leadership that's showing a different pathway and, um, and change 
uh, and it's going to take brave change. From an individual perspective, there's always things that we can all be doing. Um, we can use public transport more or active transportation more than driving our cars, for example. That's one. Or limit your flying is another one. Having said that, I just flew to Auckland this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just did a big tree planting on the weekend with Thank You Payroll and our staff and our clients and did another one last May in Dunedin with staff and clients. And coming from The Guardian recently, planting trees is really important for those carbon sink initiatives. So I think getting out there and doing things like that is important. But from an individual perspective, I think one of the biggest things that we can do is be putting pressure on our businesses and on our managers or our business owners to ask them what they're doing and what the business is doing to actually make changes that will affect a positive environmental impact. Because those kinds of things will make a bigger impact um, and the ripple effect from it than that one individual just choosing to ride their bike to work. Yeah. Yeah. So I think asking your businesses about their transparency, what their plans are to do this, and even like encouraging or saying, hey, I'm willing to help, you know, like I'll put together that proposal or have you seen this and really helping to drive that change through the business perspective. So you've been working for charities and social enterprise most of your work in life. And um, where did your engagement for, for that start? Or how did you know that that was the field that you want to go, go into in terms of your working life? I think it goes back to what I was saying about... Um, wanting to feel purpose in the work that you're doing that's beyond just getting a paycheck. Um, I've never really been a, a sort of, you know, nine to five, clock in, clock out, as much as like some days I would love that because, you know, then it won't keep me <laughs> yeah. up at night thinking about what I need to do or what's not working or how things could be more efficient. Um, but I think that that is it. I bring my full self to my work. And so my my work needed to match my values. And that's always been something that's really important to me. I mean, I've had jobs that didn't match my values before just because I needed the job. But as soon as I really started, um, I got my break into that field. Um, then that I realized that I couldn't ever really, you know, work in something that that didn't at least match on some level the outcomes that I saw needing to happen or a change, being part of a change-making process or a change-making business. And even when I didn't have um, paid employment doing that, I was volunteering because I think that that's a way to, you know, um, contribute and make you feel like you are a part of something or giving back mm -hmm. um, that also contributes. And uh, there's a lot of organizations out there that, that need that kind of help that can't afford to pay for people. And, and it's a real, um, it, it fills you in a totally different way than a paycheck does. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, have, what, what advice would you give to someone that might want to work in charity or social enterprise? Like where do you start if you don't have any experience from it? I would definitely start with a volunteer job if you can get one, which you can get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's a really good in as well because... Um, it gives you a lot of uh, experience in different things and you can volunteer for two or three different places because you don't have to volunteer for 40 hours a week. You can volunteer for two hours or five hours or 10 hours. So you get a feel for different things. And in that way, you'll gain experience in what you're doing 
you'll be contributing to something that is is really great and is appreciating your time and energy and your passion, as well as um, figuring out what you really love and what you want to be part of. Mm. What's the highest reward of your work? I think the highest reward is seeing uh, the stories come back, especially from the groups that we've helped to fund through the Thank You Charitable Trust. We got a lovely story the other day about um, a Twilight group, and uh, it's a group in Wainuyo Mata that has set up a Friday evening from, I think it's 7 p.m. to midnight, and they just have a big gymnasium, and they have a whole bunch of games in there, and they have a feed, and and people can come and go, and it's really to get a lot of um, youth who... Um, are sort of at a loose end. They might not be of age to be drinking or they don't want to be or, but it gives them something to do. So it gets them off the street, creating mischief in a way, but also creating community. And we got a beautiful email um, from the person who runs it the other day, just saying how uh, great it's been. And that the first one, I think they had 60 people. And after a few weeks they had 300 and it was just really picking up and, and that that grant helped to really provide a safe space and a nice space for, um, you know, for youth to spend a Friday night. Those kinds of stories are really beautiful because they're part of the impact that we're helping to create. Yeah, and that must be really powerful for the the organization and companies that use Thank You Payroll and see that they're actually benefiting a bigger, you know, they're making a bigger impact than just using the the platform. Yeah, that's the story that I'm... um, trying really hard to get to tie in a little bit more. So for yeah. the last few years, it's been very go, go, go at Thank You Payroll. We're like, you know, ducks where you're smooth yeah. sailing on top and your feet are going like mad under the water because uh, we have been growing really quickly, which is great. Um, tying that impact story to our clients is something that we do try to do, but I think we could really do better at. And that's something that I've been quite focused on in the last little while is how we actually get those great stories out and how it's not just getting those great stories out, but as you said, it's showing our clients that they're part of that impact, Mm -hmm. even without doing anything, just by using us, that they're now, you know, part of our community and part of the wider Fano. Mm. Yeah, that must be really powerful. It's not about, you know, it's not for them to create to create another charity. It's about them finding the right company that can support them. And in that way, they give back more. Yeah. And on that, we also want to tie the, um, I mean, our supply chain and we change our um our procurement policy all the time as we get bigger and find other things that match our values and sharing those stories outwardly with our community and with our clients to say, hey, you know, you can be looking at your supply chain and you can get, you know, if you use this, you can get it here. If you use this, you can get it here. Mm-hmm. If you use toilet paper, you smart ass, you know, like yeah, it's, exactly. it's right down to that. It's some really yeah. great things that we can, we can share our journey and our road to our, um, carbon neutrality with our clients, just as much as we can share the, um, impact on the community that they're helping to be part of. Um, so what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? I would probably say to 20 year old Christina, um, that you can do anything and to live your experiences to the fullest, to be open to the possibilities that come at you and, um, yeah, to never close a door. I think that's always a good one, you know, um, Yeah. And to not be afraid to take risks. 
and that you're always going to land on your feet. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Great advice. Um, so what advice would you give to your 30-year-old self? Oh, 30 was very different from 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I still spent my 30th on a, in an overseas um, country. I was in Samoa for it. And my 20th, I was in Europe. So yeah, never, I'd never say stay somewhere long. Um, my 30-year-old self, I would give the advice that I know you're tired, but keep going and trust in your community and build that community around you because they're going to help to prop you up when you are tired. Hmm. Life is life can be a bit of a battle, especially when you're battling for your values and other people don't share those values or maybe they do, but they value something else more. Um, but keep pushing on through and um, learn from your mistakes and don't be afraid to fail because it means that you gave it your best go. So um, what does leadership mean to you? Leadership means setting a really great example um, for how you see yourself or how you see the world. I think it also is empowering others to be the best that they can be and helping them to be the best that they can be. Leadership is about um, being empathetic, I think it's really important to understand that life doesn't happen in a nine to five and things always come up or we have bad days or things outside of work are taking our attention. And it's really important to recognize that mm -hmm. as a leader um, for the people that you are leading. And it's important to be vulnerable as well. Um, leadership is about creating a safe space for people to share and contribute And it's about um, celebrating the wins with everyone, making them part of the journey, mm. building, uh, building a community around you and, yeah, empowering others to succeed. Mm. How do you build a strong community around you? By recognizing what people's strengths are and by recognizing their, um, uh, their capabilities and their passion, um, by helping them to grow um, so that's how you're sort of building a community a little bit around you because you're you're um, recognizing that each person contributes what they can towards uh, making the whole work, you know, that whole center work. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking around, I mean, if you're if you're talking about in a business sense, when you're um, when I'm hiring for people and there's a bunch of people who've thrown in their their applications. I hire more, I put more of a slant on people who are going to fit the culture of what we're trying to build than I do for skills. Because skills can be taught. Um, but if you fit the kopapa, if you actually are believing in what the business is trying to do or the organization is trying to do, then that person is going to do so much to get you there. Whereas somebody who could have all the skills in the world but doesn't really believe in the core value of what you're trying to change or do, you know, won't um, won't be as good of a contributor. Yeah, totally. So what drives you? Uh, making a difference is probably a really good motivator in my life. Um, being part of a change, being part of impact. Yeah, those things, those are the main things, really. And, and you can pick those apart in many, many different ways. But I think it really is about um, um, staying, knowing that I'm trying my hardest to 
to um, stay true to my values and to build the world that I see for tomorrow. What gets you up in the morning? Um, what gets me up in the morning is, is knowing that I am going to spend my day working to make an impact that yes, I go through daily grinds and, you know, I work in payroll and taxes. It's not the sexiest, most fun thing I've ever done in my life, but I know that it's how we're doing business and how I'm doing that is contributing to a much larger picture. And that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And how would you describe success to you? What is what is success to you? Success is when everyone has got equal opportunity. Um, success is when my staff tell me that I'm a great boss and that I've done everything to help them grow and succeed. Um, so success for me is someone else's success that I've helped be part of. Um, Success is everybody on a waka that are all rowing towards the same destination and um, and really having fun while they're doing it. Yeah. What is equality to you? What does it mean? I think equality is uh, always keeping the door open for the next person. I think it is about helping someone else to step up and and reach their potential. So coming from a place of privilege, uh, equality is helping the person who's not as privileged to get up to where you are or even above you, actually, you know, pushing them, pushing them up the mountain. Um, yeah, equality, I mean, equality goes so far. We can talk about the the gender pay gap and that that's not quite equal at the moment. But I think the other part of equality for me would be as I think Sweden does, um, if we want to talk about uh, parental leave, and they they basically make the um, father take a year of parental leave as well as the mother, and I think that's really important. That to me is really great equality, and it's not just for society, but it's also for that um, child mm -hmm. to have those role models and that um, that important part of their their growing and their learning from different parents. And equality yeah. is about the society recognizing that and and not being it having it not be a stigma that a man stays home to take care of a child or that they go do the school pickups and they leave work early to go to the school event and that that's all okay and it doesn't always just fall to the um, the to woman the mom, yeah or to the mum. Yeah, because what I've seen is, yeah, sure, we've gotten some equality in being able to have our careers and our families, but that is also, we're also still expected to do all of these other, you know, mm -hmm. uh, traditional work. things. Unpaid yeah, work. Unpaid work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's true for all fathers. There are a lot of very, my brother's an incredibly great father and very um, supportive, but it is, it's still in society. It yeah. absolutely still is in society. Still a long way to go. And I find New Zealand uh, being at least like one generation behind when it comes to like parental questions and, you know, equality. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not as bad as America that doesn't no. give any parental leave. No. <laughs> God. <laughs> Two weeks and you expect it to be back. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's lots of places that are worse, but um, yeah, we do have a long way to go in a lot of ways to, um, yeah, to, to bring about equality. 
And that, I mean, that goes, that doesn't even just go be to the genders. It also goes to our um, ethnicities and the Pacifica and Maori, you know, there's a lot of inequality around that with Pakeha mm. and, um, yeah, there's a lot of, of reparation that needs to happen in a cultural way as well to have an equal society. Why do you think it's important to give back to society? Because we're all part of it. Um, we're here for such a short period of time. I mean, humans think that we're we're so important, you know, <laughs> we're the most important thing, but our lifespan is so short. It's a blink of an eye. And if we don't give back for the things that are coming up behind us or tomorrow, um, then it's not, you don't have, it's an ecosystem and it all needs to work together. Um, and that's why I think it's important to give back. I also think it's important to give back because I've had so much given to me and so many opportunities that I've been blessed to have been given, some that I've made happen. But regardless, I've had a lot you know, come my way. And it's that karma where I need to give it back so that someone else gets it as well because it was given to me. Yeah. And I think that's the way the world sort of works. It goes around in a cycle. You get some, you can't just keep taking, um, doesn't, doesn't, that stops, you know, that that's yeah. finite. So yeah. in order to keep the life cycle going and to keep a, a full circle, you got to mm. keep giving back and mm. then it comes back to you. It's like boomerang. Yeah, sorry. Um, how do you think we can empower more women to become leaders? I think by doing things like this, by showing that there are a lot of women in leadership and uh, getting their voices heard, or at least um, uh, getting them, you know, in the spotlight. Mm. For example, next month I'm doing a um, women in leadership breakfast for a bunch of year 13s that are coming into the workforce and just to tell them about my career path. And there's uh, six of us who are women, you know, with influential positions and yeah, talking to them and showing them to, you know, anyone who tells you that you can't then use that as a motivator to do, um, yeah, I think we've got some really fantastic role models in New Zealand from our government leaders, um, even in the Greens party. Chloe Swarbrick would be another person I'd like to see on this um, podcast because um, she's very, very smart and articulate and 24 years yeah, old. Super young, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think sh opening those doors and showing them that those doors are open and that they're not just like exceptional people, they're just people that are driven and motivated. Putting those role, role models more in the light will help encourage more women to, um, to be in business and to succeed. And yeah, I think the world is changing. It's changing slowly, but we're doing it. Yeah. And I guess it also comes down to that. You know, on the governmental government level, finding the the right laws and regulations for for women to, you know, be able to be on the workforce more and get offered opportunities more. Yeah, and taking time off for parenting and sharing the responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's just showing them that there are so many pathways. Um, and. Uh, uh, encouraging people to have their voice and to use their voice on submissions that are out because those submissions actually do change laws, which make it easier for women coming into the workforce or having, you know, parental leave that's shared and those kinds of things. So I think that's important for them to do.
that was all the questions I had. Cool. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add or that you wanted to talk more about or? Yeah, I think it's um, an important thing to recognize is going along with the businesses that we were talking about and how um, we can be an influencer for our businesses. The uh, Climate Leaders Coalition that's on right now, there are over 100 businesses in that that are really pushing to make a change. And they're really big names, like a lot of the airports are in there, Air New Zealand's in there, the warehouse, um, uh, some uh, farming outfits and uh, Zed Energy and Zespri, which does kiwi fruit import export. There are so many of these big businesses that are helping to change how we do business and helping to change um, their supply chain chains. And I think that's such a positive thing to be seeing right now. Um, Because that's a change that we need to be seeing. And that's the change that we need to be moving towards. Uh, and those are the influencers that are going to help us get there. And Thank You Payroll is one of the signatories for the Climate Leaders Coalition. And we're probably the smallest business on there that doesn't have a very big carbon footprint at all. But I think it's all of our voices that need to be on that platform together that will influence others to be part of it. And I think that's really, really important for us all to get behind and support them great yeah awesome thank you so much for taking your time thanks for having me thank you for listening to girl power pod my name is Suzanne axelson if you enjoyed this podcast make sure to subscribe and please give it a five-star rating you can also follow girl power pod on instagram it would really mean a lot to me to hear your thoughts on today's episode So please email girlpowerpod at gmail.com. I would love to get your feedback and I respond to every email. Don't miss out on the next episode where we met up with Angela Mayer, one of the founders of Double Denim. Double Denim focuses on understanding the female economy and creating strong marketing campaigns that deliver results. We talked about what it means to be a woman in 21st century, how women drive businesses, and much more.